Well, 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 look at who decided to show their face at this podcast again. I'm just kidding. Welcome back, everybody. This is Adrian coming at you with another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with people who work at nurseries and people who have just had anniversaries. Uh, Like I said, I'm Adrian here with Paul. As always, it's been a year now. Y'all get it. Let's keep going. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap no cap. Big facts. No cap. Big facts. No cap. No cap. Big facts. No cap. Big facts. No cap. No cap. Big facts. No cap. No cap. Go big facts. No cap. It's your birthday. We're gonna party like it's your birthday. Go big facts. Go no cap. We gonna party like it's your birthday. Does that work? Yeah, yeah. Should I've been playing uh, in the club. <laughs> I had a really awkward moment where I suggested that song for a playlist for a road trip, and I did not realize slash do not remember from my childhood that he uh, straight up drops the uh, homophobic f bomb in that in that song, and uh, that was an awkward moment. I was like, oof, I should not have recommended this one. It has not aged as well as I thought it had, Mister Fifty Cents. It's been a year of this, and we still don't know how to start these things. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it, it's weird, right? Because we've already been talking, but we have to lie to the audience and make it seem like the conversation started right mm, now. A little peek behind the curtain. You guys seeing this sausage getting made? You like that? You like that, you little freaks? <laughs> and as we know, you are definitely a bunch of little freaks. Yeah, I don't say it as often as I used to, but you guys are some big old freaks. You know that. One year ago today, we That's, sat down at um, these very chairs. Well, not this chair, because I got a new chair between that and now. This is also but... a new chair, yeah. I've, it's, I've gotten made fun of for this chair, which I think is ridiculous. It's a beautiful chair. But, yeah, we sat down in these very chairs and recorded the first episode of this podcast. I sat down in an old house that I don't live in anymore. I was also in a different house. Yeah. A lot has changed in a year. I mean, Paul and I haven't grown as people, but... Yeah. A lot of things are like physically in our surroundings have changed. I also used to wear glasses back then. And now he just has a gold chain to show that he's fucking <laughs> making money moves. I told Phil about how tickled I was by your gold chain. And I was like, yeah, he was wearing a gold chain. And he was like, uh, ironically. <laughs> kind of. I was a like, yeah. bit. <laughs> I think if he, if he could do it unironically, he, he would. <laughs> well, I mean, I think gold chain probably like Phil was probably thinking Cuban links, not the classy chain I did mm. have on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that makes sense. Anyways, we don't need to rehash that. Uh, Paul, yeah, a yearly roundup, anniversaries, celebrations. How have you felt? It's been a year, Adrian. We've been meeting every Friday to talk, which we were, you know, when we were in college, we'd see each other frequently. Uh, I think your first year of grad school, we probably didn't talk or interact as much as uh, as we had before, and now we're probably seeing more of each other than ever. Than ever before. Um... Are you asking how I feel about that part of it? Because I take it or leave it. That's how I feel about that part of it. <laughs> I haven't enriched your life with my ideas. And my if I had the uh, charisma and uh, cachet of a Bill Burr, I would definitely do a solo podcast. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I need to bounce my talking over somebody. Um, no, no, it's been great. It's been a great time. I think uh, I blew my friend Charlie's mind a couple days ago when we were beekeeping together. And I was like, yeah, Paul and I talk on the phone for like an hour a day. And he was like, what? In addition to you guys doing the podcast? He's like, you guys, like, about podcast stuff? And I was like, no, nah, just like bullshit. We're just bullshitting <laughs> for like an hour a day. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Which, 
actually does lead me into something I wanted to bring in as a little treat for us one year in, which was the, uh, what has this podcast not only brought to our lives, but brought to the world? And that led me into my first point, which is male friendships. They're beautiful. And we've kind of brought into the, uh, into the intellectual sphere, the idea of duplossness as a measure of male friendship, of brotherly love. Into the... Into the intellectual dark web, which we're a part of. <laughs> we are. We are. Uh, <laughs> we're IDW. <laughs> we're IDW. Jordan Peterson wishes he could be on our level. Go clean your room, Jordan Peterson. I'm the Peter Teal of this podcast. Um, but yeah, Duplass, yes. That, uh... I think we're probably a little meaner to each other than you're supposed to be when you're peak Duplass, but I don't think we've ever claimed to be peak Duplass. We're just on the scale. Yeah, and I think, you know, Duplass... That's not a one-size-fits-all solution for everybody. You know, we have our own... We have a Duplass with Paul and Adrian characteristics, I think is how we would describe mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're the edgier Duplass, as Adrian's already <laughs> mentioned, how he's edgy. Yeah, exactly. All right, and uh, the next thing we've brought into the intellectual sphere of... Uh, things people are talking about that this podcast created the idea for, the Latina lean. And now, mm-hmm. I understand that this could be the Latino lean or the Latinx lean, but I think Latina lean flows off the tongue better, so we're we're sticking mm-hmm. with that. It kind of sounds like you're speaking in cursive. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so for those who don't know, who don't remember that uh, that episode where we invented the concept, it is when a white person really sells their pronunciation of a Spanish word. Yeah, you've seen it. You've been to a taco truck before. You know how it goes. <laughs> As a, as a Hispanic man yourself, you want to give some of your favorite examples of times you've seen white people really sell their Latina lean? I think I told you, um, I was listening to a podcast where um, the guest talking about food was uh, Gabriel Iglesias. And so whenever he was saying, like, burrito, he would say it like that. And the white host started saying it like that. And he, like, was very self-aware. And at one moment was just like, I don't know why I said it like that. I guess I, just, <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> it was cool when you did it, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And now I wanted to do <laughs> it. Was like, you know, so like, I'm around L.A. and, you know, there's a place over there where I like the tacos and burritos and horchata. And then he's just like, yeah, 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 burrito. <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't know it's it always makes me laugh it's always super fun i i do it i think the thing about the latina lean is that it's not an exclusively a white person thing i think everybody can kind of that's have true a latina lean moment um and then i think paul's also brought in kind of the arabic swang before with people saying inshallah <laughs> oh yeah shout out to uh american leftists who think it's cool to say inshallah but instead pronounce it like they're saying inshallah inshallah um and I, I think in our last, you know, our episode, we, we talked about glass houses, and I think this is a good segue into the fact that we get a lot of pronunciations wrong. What went? Um, me and my boy President Abe are... <laughs> me and Prime my Minister, boy, I believe. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. <laughs> Shinzo Abe. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's... Uh, we're not, we're not, we're not uh, roasting these people. We're not skewering these people. We just... Uh, it's something you notice that kind of just brightens up a conversation. It's a little... Little uh, little thing in a conversation just makes it a little bit more fun whenever someone's doing a little Latina lean. Talking about authentically pronouncing things at the Taco Bell menu, we manifested one of their items. Uh, or when we were talking about the Taco Bell, uh, the Taco Bell uh, menu, menu, and the potatoes, and we invented the idea of of a stuffed crust pizza without the center part, just a stuffed crust. Mm-hmm. And Pizza Hut took that idea stole it and actually released it as a like kind of as a goofy menu item for april fool's day but they actually sold it in some store locations 
So wait, was that an April Fool's thing? Because I thought that was way that was like months ago, right? Oh, I guess it was. It, I, it was it was definitely like a limited time joke thing, but I don't remember. Oh, it, it was yeah. for twenty five years of being the first people ah. to sell stuffed crust pizza. They sold it for like a couple weeks at some locations. That's what it was. It was for their anniversary of uh, having invented the stuffed crust pizza. And all I'm saying is the timing is sus, bro. Yeah. I mean, one year after we invent that phrase or like eight months after, they're just going to come out with that pizza. And uh, last on the list, uh, Adrian, this this is one of your pet projects. Yeah, so people get this wrong all the time because it sounds better and the alliteration's nice to have poisonous Paul, but Paul isn't poisonous because that would mean that when you eat him, he like has uh, mm. something that is toxic to you. Uh, Paul is venomous, and so mm. <laughs> he is dealing out and injecting uh, toxins into the veins of uh, people's psyche. Um, would you agree with that assessment? I think I'm a nice boy, personally. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. You're a sniveling little worm. Let's get through this. <laughs> Wait, no. No, okay. If you're going to call me venomous, you can't call me a sniveling worm. Venomous implies I'm a sweet cobra-ass snake biting people. Paul, if you play a flute, he'll start dancing. He's that manipulable. No, no. Stop making it the Just lamest Paul starts swagging his body around. <laughs> He's in from the bad dojo in uh, Karate Kid. I mean, absolutely, yeah. Paul is. Uh, Paul has the capacity. Get some. You know, I think it's a. It's a. It's a. It's in. It's in the way that like um people would generally talk about how being funny is kind of like a linked to intelligence type trait. The ability to be as venomous and incisive as Paul is, I think, takes a certain kind of mind, and I think it's a. a it's a. It's a. It's a. It's a it, 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 I commend you for your ability to, <laughs> as quickly as possible, develop the most venomous thing to say at any given point. That's the uh, the nicest way anybody's ever called me an asshole, Adrian. <laughs> and I thank you. You're welcome. Also, feel I do, free do. To, Feel free to play the Duplass card at any point. <laughs> I do, <laughs> do this cool dances when people play uh, their flutes. <laughs> yeah. so Dude, if you, whenever a mask off comes off in the club, <laughs> it comes on in the club. <laughs> Molly Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so those are um kind of ideas that we've floated out into the world that's our you know yada 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 if we're going in seinfeld or um pretzels are making me thirsty much less manufactured than like the bro code and how i met your mother or something like Ugh. that it's more of a yeah like a these pretzels are making me thirsty <laughs> something natural something beautiful exactly these are the earworms of this podcast um Although, as, as we've kind of noticed, I mean, there's um, ways to chart out all these trends if, if anyone was interested. You know, the data's there. But um, something I noticed from going back through the old episodes every now and then. Anything else? Uh, I know we often talk about how, uh, how many mistakes we make. We often have to apologize for our mistakes. Uh, our audience is rabid in uh, catching us out because they're, uh, a lot of them know us personally and they're not afraid mm-hmm. to let us know once we've, uh, when they've caught us. Yeah, I would say that's probably what defines our fan base, is it's people who want to make sure they tear down people of color who are trying to be successful. Uh, and every time we get a <laughs> every time we get a correction, that's how I would describe the uh, sentiment behind it. Crabs in a bucket. Well, not crabs in a bucket, because that would imply they were in the bucket with us, whereas they are mm-hmm. white oppressors to this POC right. podcast. So they're more like the fisherman with a stick shoving the crabs back in. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we've been doing this during the 
COVID year, things are starting to wrap up on that end uh, during the quarantine year. During the year of the novel Corona SARS virus. <laughs> what is, what's the full name of it? I like that Corona has a full name and a nickname. <laughs> um, yeah, one year anniversary of Big Facts No Gap, and we're really kind of at the precipice of where people are starting to call the pandemic over. Although, you obviously have to say that with quotes, especially with the international situation and stuff. But Oh, yeah, and uh, people, you know would always I don't, I don't want to get owned online when in a year it ends up being like a third wave that's way worse than what we've already had or like a fourth I, what wave are we on at this point i don't know but whatever wave we would be on and people like play a clip of this and they're like these morons aged like listen. milk <laughs> but yeah, you know what i'm not i'm not afraid of getting owned fuck y'all the quarantine is over we're free baby no masks <laughs> we're out and about baby White Boy Summer is in full swing. Quarantine is over. Fuck it. I'm never wearing a condom again. I'm free, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, anything else, Paul? Anything you want to talk about, about reviewing the last year? Do you want to just get into regular small talk, or do you want to do more of a like formal... Um... Adrian, when I'm talking with you, it's big talk every time. It's one of those things that rappers always say. That was a big thing for a while, right? Like, the, if it's not about money, I don't want to talk about it. And it's like, what, your mom calls you? And she's like, how are you doing? And you're like, hey, mom, <laughs> I got deals to make. Fucking call me back later when you got something to say. Uh, I did want to do a quick media roundup. Um, just two songs that I like that came out this week. Um, Art of War by uh, Josiah featuring Denzel Curry and Rico Nasty real grimy ass banger of a track definitely recommend it even just for the first couple of seconds where denzel curry says this is the type of song to make you uh curb stomp a newborn baby it uh <laughs> it definitely is <laughs> and then a weird one that like uh gave me like a, a weird rabbit hole to go down right before we filmed this uh, or started this episode is a uh, ball like that by uh toon dragon uh featuring sylvan lequeux I think Toon Dragon is like a SoundCloud producer who somehow got a track with Sylvan LeCue, which, you know, not a super famous rapper anyways. Um, but I was... Is he related uh, to Jinzo the Trap God? I do not know, but I do love the cover art of the single, which is a Toon Blue Eyes White Dragon in yes. a jersey <laughs> with a basketball. <laughs> and the beat's just like, the beat's fucking tight. So I think he produced it. He actually, I when I was looking into like who Toon Dragon was, um, I saw it posted on r slash hip hop heads. And then he was the one who actually posted it. So he was like, hey, I'm the one who produced this song. I'm Toon Dragon. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty good song, though. I highly recommend that. And then Art of War. Um, both dope tracks. All right, Adrian. So today we're switching things up a little bit. We're only going to have one advice column. Bah, bah, bah. I know. It's our anniversary and things are changing. It's what happens when you've been together for 40 years. So today I brought in Tea Time with Tomato and... Why would I say it like that? Tea Time with Tomato. And it is an advice called where I haven't looked into her very much, but I assume she does this for each one of her advice columns. It was posted January 8th, 2020, and it was actually a Reddit thread she's replying to. So we're getting very oh. meta. Are they not a he? <laughs> oh, they're, uh, they're Avi or the like picture they used with some a girl out of phones. So I was just like, oh, that's the writer. Uh <laughs> <laughs> photo provided by stock photo please uh you're right it is a he it is an asian man with exactly my roommate's hairstyle and uh color nowadays uh oh wait is that ben's style yeah oh that's kind of tins except tins just lays a lot flatter uh he does look like slightly more middle-aged like maybe like a 35 year old asian man tea time with tomato is an informative relationship and sex advice column for both monogamous and polyamorous folks 
By submitting your post, you agree to let me use your story in part or in full. You also agree to let me edit or elaborate for clarity. Okay, so these people have posted to Reddit and allowed him to cross-post to his blog and answer the question for them. As well as edit whatever he wants, which, um, that's a good way to make these questions easier for you. <laughs> that's true. No matter what the question is, edit with, like, should I invest in Bitcoin? And then he could just be like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> answer done for today. Oh, I don't know if I've ever made it clear, y'all. Bitcoin is a scam. Don't invest in it. Jesus Christ. Bunch of fucking losers listen to this podcast. Dogecoin, though. That's, that's for winners. Second Reddit question. Two weeks in a row. Wow. Ooh, okay. Well, seems ooh, like... Ooh. Wait, okay. I'm just going to start from the beginning. My husband, mm-hmm. 39M, and I, 36F, had our seven-year wedding anniversary on Sunday. And... My GF, 31F, of two years is upset about a post my mother-in-law tagged us in, with a pic from our wedding. It's brought up feelings for her about being closeted and our relationship not feeling as legitimate. And while I understand where she is coming from, I can't control what other people post, and the fact of the matter is I do have a husband. Fundamentally, I think that that fact is her real issue with things. She's monogamous, and we've had many ups and downs with her feelings over not being able to have what she ultimately wants, to marry and live with me full-time. We are out to my family, and they have totally accepted her. We literally have family game nights once a week, and I think they bought her as many Christmas presents as they did me. However, we're not totally out at work. We all work together, even though it's sort of like an open secret, and we are not out to my husband's parents. They are very religious, and we know it's not going to go over well. Or to her family. They know we are together, and that she is gay by, but not that I'm also married. Personally, I wouldn't mind being out completely about everything, but I can't force my husband to come out to his parents, and not being out makes social media stuff, among other things, tricky. She and I went away together for our anniversary a few months ago, but I didn't post about it, and I didn't post anything about mine and his anniversary either, to be fair. I shared a lot less on social media since all this started, because I don't want to out anybody who doesn't want to be out, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm trying to encourage my husband to come out so we can control the narrative. We are both openly affectionate with our other partners in public, and we have a chatty six-year-old that we are very open and honest around. I feel like it's only a matter of time before something gets back to them. Blurg. Wait, they just do the the Liz Lemon? Uh, That's Kathy. (laughs) Yeah, she just did a Cassie. Blurg. (laughs) Not really sure what I'm looking for here, but thought I'd post it anyway. Thanks for listening. I'm just going to start by saying almost certainly my answer is going to be different than the polyamorous expert's answer, and almost certainly my answer is going to be problematic, so maybe skip this one. (laughs) Y'all need Jesus. (laughs) Y'all need y'all for a little bit of Jesus. (laughs) Spend more time with the husband's family. (laughs) We also definitely have a couple polyamorous listeners, which is an Mm -hmm. interesting... Mm -hmm. uh, Interesting. So maybe we should have had them on for this pot for this question, rather than my completely uneducated sass. Nah. Paul, nah, give I'll us your it. rational, logical takes. Dude, I hate this so much. It makes me so sad for that lady. Dude, you need to leave her. You're clearly not polyamorous. The girlfriend, the one who has mm-hmm. a problem with this. You're clearly not polyamorous yourself. Like, you can't date a married person and not date anybody else that puts you in such a bad position like watch out for yourself go be with somebody who wants to be monogamous with you if that's how you feel now it seems like the question writer and her husband have a pretty healthy version of 
polyamory that they can mm-hmm. handle. But they shouldn't put other people in this kind of difficult position who can't handle it. That's kind of shitty. Like, let this girlfriend go. She clearly needs to be in a monogamous relationship, and it just feels shitty to keep leading her on. I mean, obviously, also, the girlfriend herself mm. has has to stick up for herself and do what's best for her. It's not your responsibility to be her mama or to, like, do what's right for her. My thoughts? Interesting. I, I think um, my preference would be the opposite to hers. I would rather have a younger man and an older woman. But other than that, seems like a, seems Wait. Like a good setup. <laughs> That's what you're concentrating on? <laughs> seems, like a good, seems like a good setup she's got going. <laughs> Um, that is one of those things where Reddit has that shorthand for, like, what your gender and, uh, age is, and so I just like how that's the first part of the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What's the thing that people ask in chat rooms? Uh, what is it, like, uh, ASL? Uh. Age, sex, location? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, American Sign Language. Uh, other thoughts? I love the detail about how they've bought her as many Christmas presents as they have for me. I totally did not even think about the amount of work it puts on to parents to have to buy extra presents for your polyamory relationship yeah wait <laughs> so they all, I have not she didn't about. mention how many presents did the husband get because are they playing favorites i don't <laughs> you could see that happening where it's like well you know michelle like she likes elephants that's easy we know what to get her but like david <laughs> elephant. Like, what We're he likes her like... a full elephant <laughs> But David, like, what? He likes golf? He already has all the golf stuff he needs. We can't get him anything, so... Well, you <laughs> can get, get him, him another tie, tie. with yeah, little golf clubs on it. You could get him socks with little golf clubs on it. You could get him a, a flask with little golf clubs on it. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, I don't know. That just stuck out to me as funny. And the fact You that can get him one together. of those bumper stickers that says golf with black letters on a yellow background for people who like uh, golfing, not for fans of uh, golf. Uh, on future? <laughs> <laughs> of trash wang yo did tegan and sarah ever say anything about tyler the creator eventually coming out who are tegan and sarah um pop group i don't uh, know them. they came out staunchly against tyler the creator for his homophobic lyrics back in the uh, wolf days oh really damn yeah yeah i don't um, remember that really shows who won that <laughs> who won that beef <laughs> i guess so i think they're just older <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, no, and then the other thing is that the fact that they all work together is crazy to me, like, because then you're adding a whole other dimension to it, where you're not only in this, like, um, slightly more complicated relationship, but the, you're all working together is, is weird, uh, or seems like a lot. I mean, that's really how I feel about poly relationships, is just, like, it seems like a lot. <laughs> it does seem like a lot. Uh... That's uh. That's my, I thought like, that's very... why, like, that's what I appreciate about relationships is the idea that you have to you get to stop trying. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the benefit. That's what I don't get about polyamory. Aren't you ruining the whole benefit of being in a relationship? Now we're getting into like cancel territory. <laughs> <laughs> so the actual question about how to handle her being upset about it. Um, I don't know if I have Paul's uh total opinion about it um wait let me reread this why is it that the husband needs to be out for them to all be out together is because i think she can't they can't be out on social media because both the girlfriend Uh. and the husband's parents wouldn't be okay with it Uh so while the husband's parents and her own parents can post about like their anniversaries she can't really post anything publicly tagging the protagonist or the writer 
because then it would out the husband and be bad right. for him. Man, it seems like her family's really cool. I can see how this is like one of those things where like dating someone has that baggage of like having to operate around their whole family and oof. sometimes really good people come from really shitty families. Although I guess this is kind of normal, I guess, right? Is that what you would describe it as? Is like normal for a parent to not totally understand a polyamorous relationship with a lesbian component to it? Yeah, I don't think my parents would get it if I had a wife who had a girlfriend. I don't think that would be an easy conversation. I think it'd be pretty easy for my parents to understand. <laughs> I would just need a pack of hot dogs and a pack of bagels and I could show them exactly what was going on with everybody in the relationship. Pack of hot dogs, a pack of bagels, and uh, an industrial-sized dryer to throw them in and just let them fly around in there for a little while. <laughs> That's all that goes. I just need to take them to the lavanderia, take them to the laundromat, and just like throw those in there. What's your so you already gave your actual advice, which is this this this. Yeah, I might cut out a good bit of that because I don't think I stated it well. Um, but yeah, I think I feel bad for the monogamous person, and I feel like she shouldn't be in this relationship. But since the person asking for advice isn't her, I'm giving advice to the wrong person by saying she should leave. So I would say try to juggle, try to juggle it until it all comes crashing down in a hilarious way. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I think this is one where I'm also taking in the age into uh, effect where, like, 31's old enough where, like, you can still be fucking around without the intention of, like, marrying whoever you're dating. Especially because I don't, I kind of reject the whole idea of, like, you should be at some point dating with the intention of, like, settling down. Is that what you're telling yourself, Adrian, so you can feel? I always shed a single tear during that great Wonder Years song where he says, I'm 26. All the people I graduated with have kids, have wives, have people who care if they come home at night. Did I fuck up? It was a little, little, little single tear when that when that lyric comes up, especially because I actually finally turned twenty six. <laughs> I was like, "God My cousin showed me pictures of their kids. All I had to show them was pictures of my cribs. My friends show me pictures of his kids. And all I could show him was pictures of my cribs. Um, I would say if you're gonna, um, 31's too old for your extra partner. Find a nice 20 year old who doesn't ask questions like this. Just like a real dumb bimbo. That'd be perfect. All right, all right. I'm going to go with a Paul piece of advice. Um, <laughs> break up with your husband, break up with your girlfriend, hit the gym, delete social media, and all your problems will go away. Why are you with your husband? Do you really like your husband? You didn't talk about him a lot in this question. Well, because he's not really a source of trouble at all besides his family being too conservative, but... That's boring, baby. You got to get with the bad girl. Mm. Yeah, really go for his nightmare scenario where he agreed to this poly relationship and then loses his wife too. <laughs> Someone that his wife started dating. Well, I assume he's Polly too, because she he has He also has partners, friends, so. yeah. Yeah. What about the six-year-old? Yeah, isn't she going to eventually blab to the grandparents anyway? Almost certainly, yeah. Like, just go ahead and rip the band-aid off. Yeah, that's good advice. Use the six-year-old behind your husband's back to go ahead and just out him. Get her to constantly be a blabbermouth about your girlfriend. 
and then take her for like a weekend trip to the grandparents' place to his parents, and then get her to out him. And then you you know, I mean, everything has to come out at that point, and then the girlfriends chill with it. The husband's gonna have to deal with like maybe losing contact with his parents, but. That's sad for him, not you. You're the sociopath who set up this incredibly manipulative situation, so you're good. Yeah, also, I just reread the question. I did a bad... It's such a huge block of text, it was hard for me to focus on all of it. I just saw that the girlfriend is out to her parents, but not out as dating polyamorous, which... um. Well, that's part of the thing. She feels like it's giving her flashbacks to being closeted, because she right. was closeted right. for being that lesbian, was the and now she, she feels... Yeah closeted as i can't really even have my girlfriend be my girlfriend because if i post about it on social media my girlfriend's husbands will be up my girlfriend's husband's parents will be upset god this is such a middle school sounding drama once you like name all the people with the <laughs> issues <laughs> that is true i mean that's kind of the thing that i'm saying though is like wouldn't all this be easier if all of them just didn't care what their parents thought that is true right that is true yeah but also, like, what, what, like, so, okay, Paul, how do you think about this in terms of, um, because I feel like I've seen this on sitcoms before, um, or maybe this is just my experience with Dora Lee, where, like, if, if you've already come out to your parent, uh, to your parents as gay, is coming out as poly, is that like a two out of three strikes rule? Or is that like, uh, we've already accepted the first one, we're more likely to accept the second one? <laughs> I think it's more likely to be accepted at that point. That seems right, right? Like, when you come out as a furry to your parents. Um, yeah, when Luke came out as a furry to his parents, I'm not sure. I'll have to ask him if it was harder than coming out as gay to his parents. It's coming out as atheist, gay, and a furry. <laughs> They're like, hey, one of those is fine. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a triangle. Pick two, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you, you think we're ready to go to the answer on this? I think we're good on this, right? Paul and I don't have any actual advice. This is a tough question, and we're not experts on these kind of relationships. That oh, is yeah, something my... that we identified early on in the podcast is we're not trying to do too many relationship questions. <laughs> they imply human contact, so it wasn't me and Adrian's area of expertise. Dear Sadie Mess. Is a long-ass answer. I'll go quick. I agree with you that it's not up for you to dictate what your mother-in-law posts about you and your husband's relationship. I also agree with your girlfriend's perspective. <laughs> oh, can you do you. this? Uh, can you do this uh, doing your Tech 9 impression? I agree with you that it's not up to you to dictate how your mother-in-law is supposed to be. <laughs> that was actually not bad for a second. <laughs> oh. did, did you ever get into those worldwide choppers? No, not really. I kind of liked them. They're kind of they're kind of oh. tight. I agree with you that it's not up to you to dictate what your mother-in-law's posts about you and your husband's relationship. I also agree with your girlfriend's perspective about this descriptive hierarchy in your marriage and her relationship with you, not as widely acknowledged she is obviously feeling a lot of jealousy about the social media space and the marital privileges you and your husband get to enjoy that your girlfriend will be explicitly excluded from both you and your girlfriend have valid points to make in this discussion about how out everyone is okay look i feel like reading this kind of got at the heart of why i always feel a little queasy about mm -hmm. about polyamorous relationships and reading this answer it's just all the extra work Mm -hmm. Like, having to set out space in social media, having to schedule each other, it's like, oh my god. Oy vey. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to first establish 
where her headspace is. We need to unpack and understand her source of insecurity. Or you could just date one person. Doesn't that sound like more fun than unpacking and understanding people's insecurity? Yeah, dude, your husband just wants to lay pipe all day. Just hang out with him. Yeah. He doesn't have all these feelings. It appears that the scale is heavily unfavored for your girlfriend of two years and the level of enmeshment and outness she would like to have in her own life, especially since she is coming into dating you, a person who is legally married to another. She could definitely feel slighted and not being able to use that social media aspect to have her relationship with you be openly celebrated in front of everyone, especially following the anniversary trip you two took a few months ago. So there's a lot of emotional labor on her balance to process here. I just realized there were two anniversaries in this. You really did a good job picking an anniversary one. Uh, I've got a talent for this, Adrian. There's a lot of emotional labor here. Okay, I, I, I was tired of doing labor at work. I'm glad I get to do it in my free time at my relationships now. This is why polyamory is so fun. Mm-hmm. It sounds like based on the circumstances you've outlined, you've honestly done your best to be as out as you can be without facing any legal or professional recourse. But one thing that you can utilize is in a more strict privacy setting and social media so that you can continue to acknowledge and celebrate your relationship with your girlfriend in a public space. There isn't a functionality like this on Instagram, but on Facebook, you can selectively filter who can and can't see your posts. Oh, now you got to become a tech admin to be in a polyamorous relationship. (laughs) (laughs) All right, jumping back into it. (laughs) Jumping back into it. So next time you go on vacation, maybe you can exclude the people who you aren't out to, your coworkers, your husband's side of the family, and celebrate your relationship with your girlfriend and the company of people who do accept your relationship with your girlfriend. This is a whole I ass do... house of cards, man. <laughs> I know. Like, just after reading this, I changed my mind. Like, maybe you do just like your husband needs to cut his parents out of his life. That sounds easier. It sounds easier. <laughs> this is a lot. Uh, I do think the bigger issue is the underlying set of hierarchies that she's she has not fully realized. You mentioned in follow-up comments about how you stay three to four nights at her place, the specifics of commitment ceremonies and selective determination on why she's not out to her own family. I am really curious to dig deeper on her perspective and rationale on why she isn't fully out to her family and communicates discomfort at how her Oh, I think this is a polyamorous-specific word. Metamor isn't fully out to his family. Mm. I think metamor, yeah. I mean, pick it up from context or Google it. Macklemore. <laughs> Her perspective. You gotta, you, you being polyamorous, you gotta learn a whole new set of words. You gotta learn a whole new language. <laughs> I didn't even do well in Spanish, too. You think I'm gonna learn what metamor means? <laughs> Her perspective on the living situation and your ideal living situation with everyone together appear to be a bit contradictory as well. It might be really beneficial to sit down and have a deep discussion on what kind of enmeshment she... Is enmeshment specifically a poly word, Uh, or does this guy just really like it and it's an English word? I think it's just part of his colorful language, but did did you get from context what metamor meant? I think it's your girlfriend's boyfriend. Your partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your Mike Birbiglia special. It's your partner's partner who you're not involved with. Is there not Which, like a female word for it, or is it metamor no matter the gender? It doesn't matter what the gender is, yeah. So it's your okay. partner's partner no matter what the, the genders are. It might be really beneficial to sit down and have a deep discussion on what kind of enmeshments she is exactly looking to have with you. Does she want to be fully acknowledged as your partner all across the entire polycule? Okay, it's three people. Let's just call it a truple. <laughs> 
Well, no, because they're not all together. Ah, fair enough. Is she willing to come out to her family so that at least you'll have your and her family to be open with in regards to your polyamorous arrangement? How does she plan to respect the already enmeshed life? Okay, you can use enmeshment. Enmesh, enmesh might be a, yeah, it might be a thing. You can use it twice. You can't use it thrice in one article. And that's my issue with polyamory. (laughs) It's the specific vocabulary. It's exhausting. Life, you live with your husband of seven years and your six-year-old child while carving out space of her own. Yeah, carve out space of your own bodies and spaces. What is she willing to do on her own to make sure this jealousy that she feels about social media space isn't directed to hurt you? More and more, I think about what is going on between you and your girlfriend. More, dude, this is creepy. You're supposed to be giving advice. Why are yeah, you not, thinking about that? not supposed to be like stewing on this all day. <laughs> more and more i'm realizing that a lot of this is on your girlfriend to resolve it is her own insecurity about social media since you don't post about your husband much either it is her own insecurity about outness since you're already out to your family while she is not it is her own headspace about descriptive hierarchies since she's wishy-washy about having a commitment ceremony with you i really hope she can see that you're trying your best doing your best to make sure that you are creating and maintaining space for her to occupy in your life damn he just went ask polly on this bitch it might be a good start to recognize some of these things and to set an actionable plan to close the gap between the relationship you two currently have and the relationship you two want to have in the future Good luck. And then the very handsome picture of him on a frozen lake with his beautifully blue dyed hair. It is a really rich blue. All I'm going to say is, I just wish we had more positive representation of polyamory so that the main thing people don't think about are negative situations like this. This is one of those issues where I've gone on record being like, I'm not huge on polyamory, just like in the basic sense of like showing up in places uh, in media and stuff, but I, I think there could you could do a better job of showing more positive examples of polyamorous relationships. Yeah, like uh, the episode where the young people move into the loft across from uh, Schmidt, Nick, and uh, and the new girl, and Winston, Zoe Deschanel, and Zoe Deschanel, whatever her character's name is, Jess, and it's, Jessica Day, and it's a four it's the four young people who are in a in a polycule mm-hmm. together. That they were a healthy polycule. It seemed like they had things figured out. Yeah, I mean, not their lives, because that was the whole point, was that they didn't have their lives figured out. But neither did Jess, and neither did Winston, and neither did, you know, any of them. But it did seem like, from a relationship perspective, they were having a good time together. Yeah. Honestly, that's my takeaway from this this article. Bodies and Spaces and Polyamorous Representation. That's the name of an academic paper you could actually write. All right, um, so that's our column this week. Yeah, good luck getting through that one, guys. (laughs) And so this is our third segment for today, which is Paul and Adrian are doing, not ranking, but giving out top five moments from the last 50 episodes. We're doing this a little bit early, so we don't have episode 51 and 52 in the tank. Although I'm sure there are probably some best moments from those. I'm sure Emily's hilarious. I'm sure she would have made it if we had uh, edited that episode in time. But from our first 50 episodes, including two bonus apps. Um, these are our top five moments with some input from friends of the podcast. So, yep, let's do it. Let's do it to it. Polly Paul, would you like to go first or second on this one? I would like to go first. Very confident. All right. So 
for my first favorite moment from the podcast, I have the time where I was reciting fake or real Rupi Kerr poems for Rachel on the episode, uh, Cause Baby, Now We Got Bad Blood. And one of my favorite third segments, <laughs> uh, Rupi Kerr or Paul in a Wig. <laughs> exactly. Um, and for this segment, uh, or for this specific poem, I didn't write the poem, Rupi Kerr did. And after reciting it, Rachel goes, no, that couldn't possibly be real. And if you listen very closely, you can hear my other friend, Becca, who was in the room at the same time going, oh, God, I hope it's not. Oh, dude, I did not know to look out for that. OK, let's let's hear this. What is stronger than a human heart that shatters over and over and still loves? That's her. That is her. <laughs> I remember that one. I was like, damn. That's right. <laughs> we have been dying since we got here and forgot to enjoy the view. That's you? No, that is her. Okay. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Paul's laughing. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to read this. You move my hand between my legs and whisper, make them pretty little fingers dance for me. <laughs> Wait, let me read it one more time. Let me read it. Oh my god. Move... Read it in her cadence. Do it just as once. You move, yeah, my... You move my hand between... Wait, in her like TikTok yeah. cadence? You move my your hand. In, in between my legs and whisper, make them pretty little fingers dance for me. <laughs> okay. I mean, it would be amazing if that was her, but that's got to be you. Right? It was her. No! 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 <laughs> I couldn't write that if I tried. <laughs> Them pretty little fingers? God. That's, like, way too horny. But in a, like... Ugh. Okay. No cap. The actual distress in Rachel's voice... It would be amazing if that was is... her, but I know it's Paul. <laughs> was so good <laughs> i would also like to thank rupee kerr for bringing that into our lives i think it's one of those things where i've rounded back around to being a fan you're all the way back around <laughs> i think i'm all the way back around i was such a big hater that now i have to give her props for creating art that so specifically prickled me just the one before it though where like rachel's like damn right that's right though <laughs> it's just like it's it's so funny how this speaks to people on a certain level i just adore that it does. It does. Girls love rupee. I mean, man. I, I was. I did not say that. I think anybody can enjoy <laughs> rupees poems. Anything else you want to say about that clip, Paul? Anything? I mean, it's also one of my favorite moments for sure. It definitely almost made my top five list. Yeah, no, I just love it. It's it it's you know so rarely during this podcast do we get emotions other than like giggly laughter between me and you, and it's nice to know we viscerally affected someone. So. <laughs> Okay, so I will bring in my first clip. So this is from our pets episode, our world famous pets episode. Uh, I bring in Mishu, I think. Right, yeah, Mishu, but the question, the letter writer was Tamara. And uh, so this is the origin of teen detective Tamara Marinera. Let's take a look. Two things about this. Uh, one, um, so the election's coming up in November. I figured it was kind of timely to bring in an election question. Two, I love that it's from Tamara slash Tamara, because I've gotten into an argument with someone before. Paul, how do you pronounce it? I don't think I've ever been in the situation. It's not like uh it's not like uh it's not like pecan pie where sometimes I want to eat a delicious pie. I've never met a delicious Tamara where I've Hey, I've met some delicious Tamara. Uh, so wait, did you watch uh, Sister Sister growing up? Um, 
No, but I have not growing up. But I did watch a few episodes with an ex where she made me watch it. So and I how do, do they I pronounce their names? The uh, Tamara is how that's pronounced in that show. Tia and Tamara, dog. Tia and oh, Tam- yeah, yeah. I so guess I got, I'm, uh, I got into this yeah. argument with a lab mate, and the reason that it was so important to me was there was a one time when I was uh, working at Trader Joe's, and for my friend's birthday. He wanted to go. I asked him, like, for our lunch break, we have it together. Pick up whatever restaurant you want to go to, and I'll buy you lunch. So he picked Panda Express for whatever reason. I don't think it's a particularly good um, fast food chain. But we went there, and it's one of those restaurants where it prints the name on the uh, bottom of the receipt. And so we got our meals. I got the receipt, and it lets me know that our server slash cashier at the drive through window was named Tamara Marinera. <laughs> and I think Tamara Marinera is not a funny name, but Tamara Marinera. <laughs> I just kept riffing about how it sounds like a teen detective. <laughs> and it's just like every time there's like a murder in a small town, they're like, you know who we need to call? Tamara Marinera. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, a small little town of Italian expats. <laughs> <laughs> and she solves spaghetti based crimes. <laughs> Please, Tamara, someone took my buffalo mozzarella that was sitting out on my countertop. This sounds like a job for Tamara Marinara. <laughs> and all of that. This is actually, this is a killer children's book. Can I, can, can I do the illustrations and you'll write it? Let's, Absolutely, dude. Let's so, make Tamara Marinara. <laughs> all of that goes out the window as soon as you start pronouncing it Tamara. And so that's why I refuse to call this person Tamara. In my mind, it'll always be Tamara Marinara. Tamara Marinara. Tamara Tamara Marinara. <laughs> Paul, is your comment that her middle name should be Tamara? <laughs> it should be Tamara Tamara Marinara. No, uh, I, my, my comment is that her her enemy in the series should be should be uh is a Liza Featherstone. Oh, that is true. Her 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 sea her sea counterpart will be Tamara Mariner. Tamara Mariner. Mm. The rural jerk. The rural. <laughs> uh, Paul, comment on that clip on that moment from the pod. No, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I wouldn't have put it in my top five. I think you. It was really your joke, Adrian. You were you were bringing that to me. That beautiful little package. That's true. That's true. That is maybe that's what I was saying before about how we just need to start pre-writing our bits and just bring in pre pre-written bits because that was one oh. where like. Uh, I, I do that joke quite a bit of like that just sounds like the name of a teen detective. <laughs> I do want to say shout out to the uh, person who actually has that name and is walking through life with it. Uh, Somewhere in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where when we make it really big, we're going to have to change the name for legal reasons. So it's not libelous. Uh, right. I think I've also said that uh, Marine Debris sounds like a teen detective before. So mm. we could change it to that. <laughs> Marine Debris. <laughs> We are reading an article for our behavioral ecology class. <laughs> but marine debris, the the corporate fat cats are dumping all the toxic waste into the drinking water. This sounds like a job for marine debris. Marine debris, it turns out that Shamu is a killer whale, and he's been the Zodiac killer this whole time. <laughs> sounds like a whale of a problem. All right, so so far we've each gotten one. Paul made sure to let me know that m- mine wouldn't have been in his top five. I I, th- I think I would have put his in my top five on any, depending on the day. But you know. Oh, so uh, so I'm I'm picking better ones. Interesting. Okay. Uh. <laughs> D plus. 
Uh, so my next one is the intro to Apologies to Clifford. And so okay, same episode, back to back. That one was famously a song that I've been ranting about for years, and it's another song that, similar to Rupi Kerr, really has made its way from being so hated by me that I just have to give it props for like finding a way to annoy my sensibilities. <laughs> so specifically mm-hmm. so uh let's just go ahead and uh play the intro to that episode our cold open and this is one of the few episodes where we don't have adrian's great intro music leading us into oh, the thanks, episode Paul. that's another thing that we haven't even talked about is that um we very silently decided to shorten the theme music based on people's critiques and um honestly it was a lot of hurt until finally in the critique episode the two people that reviewed us said that that was a banger. And I was like, thank you. I'm glad someone understands my process. <laughs> well, the two black people and then the one white person who reviewed it was like, why isn't this song a loud screech at the beginning of your, like, my intro music? Why is it so long? Why do they have a 30-second intro after, to their after podcast? The intro to his video to us was literally the sound, <laughs> He had the balls to critique our wonderfully produced intro. Let's get into this clip. Here it is. Hello, this is Paul, and as always, I have with me my co-host Adrian. This is Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with Dog Walkers and star of Fast and Furious 2, Paul Walker. Let's go. It's been a long day without you, my friend, and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. All right. What's Bracken, Paul? Not much, YG. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, what's goody? Um, no, uh, we might have to cut this. I'm currently in the middle of a video about AAVE, so uh, I'm trying to educate myself. We'll see. No cap. And for anybody whose critique of us is that that was offensive to Paul Walker. Were we in high school when he died? No. College, right? College, freshman year. Yeah, and then I remember specifically you said that you were annoyed with your freshman year roommate because after Nelson Mandela's death, he still had nothing to say other than they were talking about Paul Walker and how much they loved him. Was that true? <laughs> That's what you told me. You're like, Jesus Christ, y'all, Mel- Nelson Mandela died and we're still talking <laughs> about Paul Walker. It's been a month. <laughs> I don't remember that, but if so, good take, Adrian. <laughs> That's funny. It was one of our first irreverent bits truly in the show it was something where like we really had like a conversation of like just very quickly of like do you think this is okay do you think people are gonna get mad at us for this and it turns out no one cared at all we didn't even get positive praise for it because it's super funny it's such a funny intro also that song for anybody who doesn't know is like just the corniest song that became a number one hit because with wiz khalifa on it like with wiz khalifa oh my god it's so bad i i don't know maybe if you like pop music well, I like pop music. I don't even think it's good. Maybe if you just really like the most bubblegummy, epic, saccharine pop, it's good. I don't know who that's for. If your favorite song in the world is Eminem and Rihanna's, like, Love the Way... Love, mm, the, love the Way love You the Lie. Way, love the Way You Lie. That's the song that was, like, your other favorite song. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Um, But, Paul, how do you feel about the second part of that clip of the um, bull bomb and belective joke? And the what's bracken? 
I mean, you've always reminded me of YG that you were just living on the West Coast, and I think you were picking up some things, and it had to happen. As uh, as my friend Roy said when I first posted about being in San Francisco, young man in the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, is it on me? Yeah, might yeah, as well yeah. just do another intro. So this is something that multiple people have said is one of the best of moments for them, and that is the intro to the episode. Adrian comes out. I'm gonna, oh yeah, and I think I shared this in my top five, so I'm gonna go ahead and say, this one's also in my top five. It's an intro, right, to that episode? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yep, this is also in my top five. And here we go. All right, so literally the whole idea is just to get something that rhymes with Perez, or whatever word you want to use, Dorley. Perez, it's a hard, that's a hard word. Speak into the mic if you're gonna speak. Okay, like, You don't know, not know, this is an NPR. <laughs> <laughs> do you see how I'm speaking towards the mic? Oh, yeah. That's all you gotta do. Okay, so you just want me to do it now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can try as many times as you want. Welcome to the <laughs> Welcome to the Big Facts No Cap, the number one show. What'd you put B? <laughs> welcome to Big Facts No Cap. Okay. You didn't even write B, you're just saying it. Welcome to the Big Facts. No, stop saying D. <laughs> I got it. Welcome to Big Facts No Caps, the only no, there's no S. <laughs> Drop She's never the, watched the show. Drop the the. It's cleaner okay. that way, Dorley. Okay. Where do you want me to drop the the? <laughs> I got this. I live it. Welcome to Big Fats. <laughs> There's no S. Okay, I got Welcome this. to Fats Cafe. Okay. <laughs> we'll I some love Calabash chicken <laughs> Welcome to Big Fat, no cap. No, there is an S on Fats. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. There is it. I got it. Welcome to Big Fat No Cap. <laughs> what did I say wrong? Yes. Big Facts No Cap. Okay. Okay. Welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show with the Perez children. That's number one. That's number one. <laughs> and um, welcome to Big Facts No Cap. The only show that is number one with the Prez children and fans of the movie Coco. All right, that, let's go. That had real strong uh, morning announcement energy. <laughs> <laughs> what is the weather today? What are we having for lunch? What are we having for lunch, Dorley? <laughs> what beer is Adrian review- reviewing today? <laughs> I don't know, red beer. Oh. No, I brought a, I actually brought a jackrabbit with me. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Paul and Adrian from Portland. Paul and Adrian from Portland. Adrian, am I seeing double? What's going on? Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) So I will say two things on that. I think the brotherly and the sibling love come through. The brotherly, sisterly love. The fact that you're willing to, uh, to, uh, to critique her, but in such a, in such a loving way. It's, uh, it's delightful. Um, and then also, I was the one who edited that segment, and I remember, and I just want to note for the audience that that is, I cut out a lot of other, like, <laughs> that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't all the mistakes. That had actually gone on for about double the length. I just cut out the ones that were just, like, incorrect and then repeat and then incorrect and repeat. The reason we were laughing so hard was because it already had been, like, her mistaking saying the title for a while. <laughs>
<laughs> well, that and I love how you can because the audio quality wasn't great on that episode. You can't totally hear how the issue is that Dorley said big fats, not big facts. And so I said, don't say that. And she thought that would meant drop the S. And then Paul makes the like, welcome to Fats Cafe joke about how she said that wrong. <laughs> and then she mixes that up for like, oh, it's big fact. And then like, it just it all snowballs so heavily on top of each other. It's such a it's such a funny <laughs> little moment. Okay, so for my next segment, we have a segment from Steve M's episode. We have Steve on Steve. So Steve M is our one celebrity guest we've ever had on this podcast. YouTuber. Great guy. Really wonderful person. I don't know if we've really made that clear in that episode, but really, really cool dude. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just like so easy to like ask him on it. He was like really natural to talk to. But uh, one of the segments we did on the episode, and it wasn't like our most comedy based episode because it was like, you know, how much I actually was just very curious to learn about like his videos and get a behind the scenes peek. So we it wasn't comedy heavy, but our big comedy segment on that episode was the Steve on Steve segment, which was uh, I don't think we made this clear during that episode. Steve Harvey is almost certainly a horrible person in the same way like Ellen DeGeneres. He is a no, even more outright than that. He's a despicable human being. The problem with Steve Harvey is that despite being a bad person, he's a great entertainer. There's just like really not much you can you can't take that That's away from true, him. He's yeah. a talent. He's a talent. Because he says so many ridiculous things, he was the perfect person to uh for me to create an AI bot to help us interview Steve M on that episode. So here's a clip. I've been working on uh I've been using neural networks, really pe- my really great programming skills to create a Steve Bot AI. To help us come see, in I and see. interview you. So you give uh, a go. If, if you'd give us a chance, yeah, can we get uh bring Steve yeah. Bot AI in here and uh give it a give him a chance to Yeah, give it a shot, give it a shot. I'll see if it I'll see how uh, how it goes. Folks, I'm really excited to introduce you to some truly innovative guy. My guest spends every day working hard on his craft and producing some really special pieces of art. You know, I, I kind of want to do this a little different because I, I want to just sit and talk with you, just have some fun. Just two guys just talking about it. How you been? That's like he's in the room, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... How you been? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Like, um, in the last couple of months, I suppose, like, I've been recovering more from, like, wrist injuries, like, wrist strain. Uh, but I think it's became a lot better of recent. Uh, it doesn't hurt anymore, I guess you could say. So, like, oh. I guess I'm on the up. I like how already we Steve has asked a question that Paul neglected in his interview, which was just a basic, <laughs> how are you doing today? <laughs> well, that's why Steve is a professional, Adrian. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to get there. That's why we brought Steve on. Can you tell me exactly what anime is? What anime is? Ooh. Uh, that's a question I think people get a, lot, a little too hung up on them sometimes. I mean, they're just, they're just like Japanese cartoons, right? Oh, okay, that's Japanese. Yeah, I got all that right there. Yeah, I see he did, it? How'd you turn your love for drawing into this successful YouTube channel career that you've managed to get? Hmm. Uh, maybe I was just very lucky, I guess. <laughs> what What's your goal in life? Um, that's, who knows? <laughs> the These are really the deep plan. questions from Steve. Not asking He doesn't do here. the bullshit. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to find a purpose to keep you going, right? So I just focus on whatever video I'm making next and what I'm feeling like doing at that point. Hmm. When is the last time that you really, I mean, just laughed hard? Uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Maybe like the other day, I guess. I'm sure there was something stupid that happened. I don't. I don't keep a track. I guess. Would you ever consider running for president? 
Well, Steve, he's British. He's, Steve, he's, yeah, he's I don't not think American. I can. Steve, uh, I'm sorry. Steve Bot is, he's, you know, we're still working on him. He's, uh, Speaking of magical yeah. technology, this one, yeah, yeah. he's got some kinks to work I out. I mean, to be fair, didn't Ted Cruz run? And he's technically Canadian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, who knows? The rules don't apply to Ted Cruz, though. Were, were, okay. you, born on a, uh, were you born on a military, military base? Military base? Oh, <laughs> I was not, I'm afraid. Is that how he gets around it? Okay. Something like that. I've never met you before, but it's been a real pleasure. Well, there we go. All right, thanks, Steve. Bot. Well, that was Steve and Steve. Meaning of the minds, eh? Steve on Steve. <laughs> I, I like that. I liked your little additions of like, Steve is such a professional interviewer. And like, Steve does. <laughs> he just knows how to ask the basic question of how are you doing today? <laughs> so with, with Steve M, by the way, we did not prep him for that at all. I threw the, like literally what you heard me say in the podcast with all the prep I gave him was like bringing up that we were going to interview him with the AI bot. And he jumped into it so effortlessly yeah. of just, like, answering naturally and, like, not being like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, he just, he ran with it like a champion. And it's at the end where he says the, uh, it's like he's in the room, eh? <laughs> <laughs> or no, I think that was early on. But then at the end where he's, like, a uh, real meeting of the minds. <laughs> That's, like, the dry British humor that just, like, it immediately was funnier and surpassed anything we, we said. Such, such a great guest. Such a good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's such a funny sure. bit from Paul. Um, I think Paul did the most of the legwork on getting those Steve bits, but I tried to get a couple like from that Obama interview. Or I think maybe the one where he didn't fully embrace it was the one of like, when's the last time in your life that you just really laughed hard? <laughs> <laughs> That's like that type of question a dumb person thinks is interesting. It's like a Reddit AMA question, which is like... Oh, it's no, it's not... like literally like Pete Holmes's uh, ending question is like, what's oh, the yeah, hardest yeah, you've yeah. ever laughed? Yeah, I just love that so much. Yeah. God, just Steve Harvey's such a funny character of just like the meme of uh, nobody says anything, Steve Harvey. Now, see, I'm old school. <laughs> 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 I like all the stuff I took out of that Obama interview of him being like, What's your view on like your daughter's dating about like, young men? And Obama's like, as long as he's respectful and uh, as long as he treats my daughters well, I have no issue with my daughter's dating. He's like, well, see, you have to say that because you're the president. But for me, teenage boys, I hate every single one. He's <laughs> <laughs> so, once again, it's like a fucking character, not a good person. But God damn, it's just like he brings something to the table that like. He has it, whatever it is. Yeah, he yeah. has the it factor, dude. Oh my god, great, 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 uh, great bit from from Paul. So this is a little bit of a two parter. Uh, so I think everyone who I asked about best moments from the podcast specifically identified Phil's first episode, Lost in the Sauce. This is while Phil was visiting me. So this is unlike um his second episode, which which was he came up to Charlotte to record with Paul. In this episode, Phil and I had been hanging out for a week, and we've been uh, really vibing with each other, hanging out, having a whole lot of fun, and uh, I think that translates in the episode, so we're going to listen to a couple clips from this episode, and so first clip is going to be him making fun of us for our opinion on dogs. But actually, Phil, Phil, I've, I, I am interested in this dog thing, because I do think somebody needs to, like, speak their say, their pro-dog say into this mm. podcast so and i think it should be a great order and debater like Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't want to get too into it you know 
I don't want to offend anybody, but that's not how we do this podcast. <laughs> you got to let go of that. Right now. I get it. I get it. How people are not dog people, and I actually still found found that podcast very funny, even though I was like a huge dog person. Um, okay, one thing I do not agree with though is calling dogs smart. I think that's a cool thing because you're calling the dog smart for being a dog, and y'all were like, "Man, this dog can't do economics or some bullshit." I'm like, "Man, fuck y'all, bitch ass mother." If your dog can do economics, I'm taking that dog to jail. He's not, I'm not gonna own that dog. Uh, nah, nah, nah. Wait, okay. I've never owned it on this before. Is that like a pecan pecan snake? Is there any economics versus the economics? economics? <laughs> I think that, I think that is pecan pecan. <laughs> I do love that. Just the way he really hits. It. <laughs> Hold on, he's got a second follow up on this one. Man, man, if I had a fucking supply side dog, I'd fucking leave him on the street. You know what I mean, Paul? Man, Dude, listen, like... that's like saying your TV's big and Paul coming in like, you ever seen a cruise ship? <laughs> It's like, yo, we're calling the TV big for a TV. This Dotson can fucking. Dude, I love how Paul or Phil really is. I'm gonna do this so many times during the episode. Uh, Phil really is the voice of the people right here. This <laughs> he's really getting us right now. Uh, okay, so that's the first clip from that episode. <laughs> Paul, any any comments? Uh, I think you hit it on the head. Phil's the voice of the people. I think me and you are really up here in our ivory towers, and I don't. I think. People might find us entertaining. I feel like people take issue with a lot of things we say. <laughs> We're very much in our bubble of me and you, like, exploring our thoughts to their conclusions. I and I, I think it's nice to have other yeah. people come in and let us know. <laughs> I think we learned a lot. I think there were conversations after that episode of, like, do we need to have a guest on every episode <laughs> to, like, just ground who we are as people? <laughs> me and you are too similar, and we'll just go off in our own direction for, like, miles before, like... <laughs> re-entering what people would consider sane conversation territory. All right, and so this is just another second pretty funny bit that everyone uh, liked, that everyone liked. And if you don't like it, you're a hater. Um, let's get into it. The one time where I think I convinced him, I don't know, a group of people I was in convinced him to go do the 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 guess, guess who it is thing from movies where, like, the lover puts their hands behind another person's eyes. Like, guess who? We convinced him to do that to a random kid at lunch, like just some freshman, and he went up and did it, and it was just the most painfully awkward thing I think I've ever witnessed <laughs> for everybody involved, for Vishai, for us, for having convinced him to do it, like the immediate regret as we just felt the embarrassment for the kid who yeah. had it happen to him for a Vishai, just like, it was a very much a failure of a joke. Especially when that um, kid, like, really hopefully was like, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Papa? <laughs> You got your cigarettes, Papa. <laughs> and that's the way the Abishai meets his son. That is beautiful. <laughs> it's like, that was Adrian, that was Abishai. It's like, long, long What's his son. life like? <laughs> yeah, but I don't have many uh, good Phil stories from high school. Adrian, do you have like, or from college probably more likely. Yeah, I was like, about what's to say, your, we, didn't, we hung out what, like what, a couple what, times in high school. Yeah. What are you and Phil's best memories together? Hey, the ones we can't remember, you know what I mean? Hey, <laughs> I do remember you guys talking to me. I was so scared to do it. I was so scared to smoke hookah inside, like, the 11th floor of a dormitory. You guys are like, nah, it's fine. Then we do it all the time when I was visiting USC. Oh, that's because it was Phil's dorm and no one gave a shit. Yeah. 
I remember one time me and Adrian, we were doing like hookah in my room and I put on uh, Adam Young's lab goggles on. And I think Adrian had a pair on too. And Coleman walked in and the like, the room was filled with smoke and he just sees us with lab goggles on and we look so like shocked. And he was like, what are y'all doing? I'm like, we're doing an experiment. <laughs> Oh, great up, great up. Um, okay, so yeah, definitely that was one of those things where like obviously it was one of my best ofs. Maybe there wasn't like a single moment that really got me in that episode, but like after everyone gave their opinion, I was like, yeah, that has to be one of our best ofs. Like that's that whole episode. Go check it out. It's a good one to get started on. So for my final favorite moment is definitely and this isn't number one because these aren't ranked yeah this isn't number one this is just another of my top five it's when me and adrian were discussing our different life paths if we'd both stayed where we'd lived for me uh the small massive island of nova scotia canada for adrian la adrian that is true i don't know if i've explicitly stated that i think i said that in the episode which is uh l town and the l's for love uh one of paul's favorite titles yeah, yeah, I I do write the titles for the episode. Adrian writes the descriptions a little behind the scenes for how we mm-hmm. divvy the work. And I mean, there's other divvying. That's not like our equal divvying. There's other things I do. <laughs> I do make up for the, fact the that clearly on the that. description. Is. <laughs> uh, but that is one of the things I do, and I do just really like that title. I don't know why. It's not like particularly clever or anything. I just think I like how it like. I think feels. that was a particularly good episode, and not only that. I think the story about Sam being a bronze and silver tier uh, player just mm. always gets me too. That it's such a perfect story. Yeah, Sam. Uh, I don't know if you listen to this podcast a lot. Uh, I, I I need to reach out to you. We haven't talked in a while, buddy. You were always one of the most delightful friends I ever had. Just like <laughs> such a funny person. You fucked with people in a way that I am honestly jealous of. The way that's that is incredible just, like, to be someone a troll that Paul is in admiration of <laughs> yeah he was a he master was, of his craft he just had such a big personality and such a tiny body <laughs> um okay so let's listen to this which is a clip so good paul initiated our youtube channel off of it anyways uh so lexington oh by the way uh, i guess i have a kind of an interesting question or maybe it's not interesting we'll see what your answer is because uh i've always thought it's funny and i always say that it's interesting like in when i talk about my background that um my parents originally immigrated to Los Angeles and then decided that it was too dangerous. And I never really got their like thinking or reasoning behind, well, LA is too dangerous. So we'll go to the closest place. That's not dangerous. Lexington, South Carolina. <laughs> and like, I don't think I've ever actually asked, like I've sat them down and asked them like, what, what was the rationale for this choice? Um, but yeah, is there a reason why your parents specifically picked uh, Lexington was like your dad's job or yeah, something? Exactly. My dad's job. Oh, okay. he, he got it in Canada, gotcha. and they asked him to come to Lexington, South Carolina. And he jumped at the chance. Could you imagine if you had grown up in Canada and I'd grown up in Los Angeles? <laughs> God, if I'd grown up in Nova Scotia, I'd fucking be like a lobster farmer right now. Actually, that might be a better life. I like that aesthetic for you. <laughs> I'm wearing those like really shiny, like yellow yeah. raincoats. <laughs> the overall, like the, yeah. Dude, that's a good the fit. The one the test wear. wear. love that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be adorable and cool. That's a great combo. Yeah, if I grew up in Los Angeles, I would have gotten to go to a UC school for free. I think if you're, if you, I don't, actually, I don't think that's true. <laughs> if you grew up in Los Angeles, what you you just took up like a massive like trollo aesthetic. You just like 
Oh my you, god, yeah. You, you wore your buttoned-up shirts with only one button at the top. Que pasa, guy? I like that for you, Adrian. I like that for you. Some really horribly, like, etched-on tattoos. Yeah, I would have uh, not listened to Ben Shapiro, and I probably would have gotten into gangs and stuff, you know? Personal responsibility would not have been Adrian's strong suit if I'd grown up in Los Angeles. F.A., do you know about these... I say, do you know about these bees, their DNA, how they evolve, <laughs> the systems of interaction, <laughs> and how they evolve over time, the systems of interaction? That would have been you, Adrian. In previous times, I've imagined what Cowboy Adrian would be like, but I'm really falling in love with the idea of uh, Cholo Adrian. Cholo geneticist Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> you still, your, your love of Darwin and genetics and biology, that's still all there. <laughs> That was intrinsic. That would have happened no matter what. <laughs> yeah, maybe LA Adrian would have been more artsy. Maybe that's what I missed out on. Mm. Uh, actually, no. Yeah, I'll guess. I'll go ahead and comment that almost certainly not. Like, if I had grown up in LA, I don't think I would have been as interested in science. Like, a large part of my science initial uh, interest was um, growing up in the backwoods of South Carolina, combined with a turn against religion and having to find some other way to uh, framework how I understood the world, and then science and like biology being like. Oh, this is a way more interesting and fulfilling way to think about the world. Yeah, not one of our biggest laughs, but I think it's just like, I don't know, that episode also, like of all the episodes, is probably the most telling about our yeah. personalities. Um, I love Paul's rendition of uh, childhood geneticist Adrian. <laughs> because Paul has always had like a 50% correct understanding of my research, and he it displays that perfectly where he's like the genetics of the bees man and then the series of interactions and i was like half of that's correct yeah that's kind of what i do <laughs> look no that was just me intelligently thinking about how your life would have played out differently and how your uh, research okay, would have yeah. been different. I, I understand that you're a behavioral ecologist and it has nothing to do with genetics <laughs> i just meant if you'd grown up in la you would have been more into the genetics okay, aspect right. I of i get that my next one has to be Phil's Tony Fauci plus the Make-A-Wish Bish segment. Like the last one, we're going to do two clips. So here's the first one. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is um, I want to give a quick shout out. Actually, this isn't even a media roundup. This is just a random idea. So this will probably get cut out. But I really like that since the beginning of the pandemic, Anthony Fauci has always been addressed as Anthony Fauci. And I think it was in a Seth Meyers clip of like Anthony Fauci throughout the years kind of talking about his credibility where the only video where he introduces himself, he calls himself Tony Fauci. And no one ever calls him that. And I wanted to know, do you guys think that's because it doesn't sound as authoritative? And I wanted to give anybody the chance to do the character of epidemiologist and specialist in diseases, Tony Fauci. I immediately yeah, no, knew I mean, that this had to go to Phil, and I was just trying to like out, right? lob it's him false balls. Uh, or it's not the last one that came out, but two ones that came out ago with uh, Ben. And shortening it, your names? Yeah, that? shortening your name. Gus, no respect for Augustus, mm -hmm. Augustus all of a suddenly that that's a boss billy no respect william that's a respectful name exactly and i feel like his strategy was i'm trying to come off no. as approachable no i i, would, I wouldn't take health advice I'm, from a tony if accurate. my doctor was dr tony i would be like you're doctor nobody to yeah, me i'm yeah, out yeah. of here mm -hmm. um, i agree phil do you want to do the character tony fauci hey, giving people advice in the pandemic my name's tony <laughs> fucking wear your mask and don't go in that river in Colombia. That's got it. <laughs> it's dirty. Uh, and you'll shorten your name. Now, okay. Tony, Tony, if I wanted yeah. a good, if I wanted a good slice of pizza, and nobody in the in the in the pizza shop was wearing their mask, how what do how do I deal with that situation? Ooh, ooh, what kind of pizza are you talking though? I'm talking good pizza. 
Sin. All right. Thin. Thin. Thin bread? Thin crust? Yeah, thin crust. All right, right. Red sauce. It's a New York slice. That's a New York slice. New York slice. slice. Nobody's wearing the mask, and you're asking if you should still get the pizza? Yeah. What what do I do? How do I handle the situation? Hmm. Okay. When you walk in, is there a bell on the door that alarms the the employees that you walk in? Obviously. It's a New York slice. Is there anybody else in the restaurant? Yeah, they're all not wearing their masks. So all the customers are not wearing their masks. All the employees are not wearing their masks. Mm -hmm. Are you wearing a mask? Yeah. I would ask them... Can you have a sample of food, a sample of a pizza, and then just see their reactions <laughs> and see if they have gloves on when You've they touch? completely given up the accent. <laughs> Let's get real here. Hold up. I want to ask for a sample. Wait, 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 Tony, Tony, Tony Fauci, Tony. Yo, I've been, uh, I've been seeing this girl during the pandemic, right? And we're going out, but she's wearing a mask. How do I know that her face isn't totally fucked up under that mask, Tony? Ooh, okay, very good question. I've had this happen to me multiple times. You grab the mask, you just fucking rip it down, <laughs> and say there was a fly on the mask, and you were trying to swat it off of the mask. So, you're going to get your hand, you want to make sure... That's solid advice. It, so, then you're kind of swatting it, by the same time, your fingertips are brushing the mask, so it's going to pull it down. And then, uh, if her face is fucked up, then um, you can say, like, I'm allergic to that fly that was... Uh, I'm allergic to bees, there was a bee on you. You say it exactly like this, so she, she knows you're telling the truth, and you're not fucking up. <laughs> And say, I gotta go to the hospital right now. And you push her over. You run to your car and you drive as fast as you can. You drive away. Now, if her face is not fucked up, you really play into that hero, like, you know, role of, like, I just saved your life. There was a bee on your mask. Now, now, Tony, is it... it you're a married man, and you said you've been on a lot of dates and had this situation happen. I'm not a married when I'm on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm on the big facts, no, I'm not married. I can't believe Anthony Fauci came on our podcast Go and on. said that. Tony, Tony, last question for the press conference. I was thinking about getting the COVID vaccine, but it involves someone like sticking something in you. That's kind of gay, ooh, right? Ooh, very gay indeed. Yes, I can't get your point 100%. I don't think it. Yeah, if you think about it that way, yeah. I agree with you. I was going to, I actually already had it, but now I'm not going to tell anybody that I had it because I can go multiple establishments now. I'm definitely not getting that second shot now. I want people to know I got the vaccine. I mean, all right, this is a long clip because there's a second part, but I think uh, it's worth getting into the second part, which is the make-a-wish bish. So let's get into part two. Paul, what do you think about that first uh, clip from Phil? It's delightful how he doesn't have to actually do the accent good or like it doesn't have to make sense, but Phil just has that energy that makes it all so funny. <laughs> to... Yeah, that's the thing about Phil is what's interesting is um whenever we used to do stand-up and we were meeting new people in Colombia all the time, so many people thought he was from Brooklyn for some reason, based on the way he talks. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, anything else, Paul? You want to go to the next one? Um, this is us making jokes about how Phil is a scrawny-ass white dude who does battle rap, where people must go to his battle raps being like, oh, I'm about to battle Phil Carter. It must be, like, some really cool dude. And uh, this is what actually happens. For some reason, when a lot of people battle me, they're like, oh, man, I thought you would be way taller and, like, way more handsome and... And black and cool, and that little white little bitch. Based on the voice that I heard in your other battles, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's very surprising when I stand face to face. They're like, "Whoa, you're much more." Yeah, there was like, "Hey, can you get over so I can rap, Phil?" <laughs> yeah. Are you Phil's manager you or <laughs> are you any other occupation besides a rapper? <laughs> Shout are out you to not a little bitch? <laughs> Are you the extra in Cuckold Pornos who's the husband who's getting cheated on in the YouTube? Are you a, nor- a newborn baby, you little bitch-ass mother? 
Are you oh, a oh, guy go, currently going through chemo who got a Make-A-Wish to be here? <laughs> oh my god. Is that how people <laughs> greet cancer patients? <laughs> Are you a little Make-A-Wish little bitch? <laughs> Are you Make-A-Wish bitch? Oh my god. Imagine how insecure you would feel as a Make-A-Wish patient. If somebody came up to you like, are you a part of Make-A-Wish? <laughs> that is horrible. Oh my god. I'm a Make-A-Wish bitch. I'm a Make-A-Wish bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna get a job at Disney World and I'm gonna say that to every kid who comes there. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired after one day. But I'm oh, just yeah. gonna be like, "Are you a, you're a Make-A-Wish kid, right? <laughs> Was this your Make-A-Wish? <laughs> oh, did they not tell you? Oh, never mind. Yeah. Just go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Well, obviously, someone needs to be in the front of the line, <laughs> my little Make-A-Wish kid. <laughs> I, 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 I think if you balance it out with perks, it'll work out. <laughs> I would love to have, like, a dressed-up Daffy Duck or something. <laughs> they literally say that sentence and pick up a kid from in line, take him to the front. <laughs> like, step aside, kids. <laughs> we gotta make a wish, bitch. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> what we're talking about. So I think that conversation best captures what it's actually like to be in a live conversation with me, Phil, and Paul. I think that's what I love about it so much. Think about all the things we said during that segment and understand that there was parts of that I cut yeah. out that were too offensive. Oh, that's a good... So, Paul, should we talk about this? Because I don't think we ever talk about it because we have to... We, we present such a crystal sterile image, but there's edginess that can't make it on our show despite how much we think it's funny but i'm 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 usually not a big policing language person so usually the stuff i'll let slip on the podcast is more offensive than what the most woke people would be okay with but there's stuff that goes too far and that i feel a little bit bad and i end up cutting it out i think one of the things is um i guess part of it is the judgment to take that out and it's funny that I have to imagine that people are then going to extra judge what does make it into the podcast. But like one of the things that was in my top five moments that just barely didn't make it was your joke about Malala, about like Amelia bringing in or you bring in the article about like if your girlfriend breaks up with you and you're mad at her, throw acid in her face. And Amelia is just like, would you ever do that, Paul? And he's like, no, of course not. Like not for like an ex-lover, like you know, yes, did I throw acid in the face of a young Malala trying to read? And, like, <laughs> I left that in because I thought it was so, it, like, I don't know. Like, that's that's a joke. Like, I think the jokiness nature of that really is very clear. It's very clear that's not part of Paul's actual idea and that he's not making the world a worse place by making that joke. And so I was fully supportive of that joke. Of course women should learn how to read. How else are they going to write... <laughs> perfect example paul of why that's uh that's like that's okay that we let that slip that's an example of what we would usually cut out maybe we'll leave it maybe in leave it in as an example for... of the kind of things that like you know that we would usually cut out because that's not okay at the end of the day like it's that. still two dudes making jokes and at the end of the day ironic isms still can become issues but i think paul and i tried a pretty good line i think no one's except for emily has called us out for over over um extending the uh generosity of what we should be allowed to kind of like make fun of in that kind of way and one of the really offensive bits that i'm not going to bring in that was originally in my top five that got dropped at the last minute was on um, paul seemingly saying the n-word he obviously didn't um he called santa the ultimate um person who does negs uh which if you make that into a person who does that sounds a little bit racy 
That was such a genuine mistake, and it sounded so close to the offensive word that that's, it was, yeah. It seems to be about something about the naughty or nice thing, and then also maybe like the uh, sugar daddy aspect of Santa Claus. He is the ultimate sugar daddy. Yeah, yeah, he's judging you. Maybe she's like something about that, like the fact that she's being judged. Um, It's like a little bit of a neg. Santa is an ultimate negger. <laughs> Can you say that with a little bit better pronunciation? (laughs) 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 Okay, I really wish I had the video on for this. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not going to be able to recoup from that one. The one thing I want to say about that clip is that I cut out a large portion of time in which Paul was laughing at that that moment. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. Because once again, I said it and then you pointed it out. And that's when I did the (laughs) rewind in my mind, replayed what I said. And that's when I started laughing. And once I realized I was I was out of it, man, it was too much. Maybe uh, maybe we should do an episode called Our Real Opinions, where we just talk stoically about how, like, trans rights are really important and you should always respect all We're just really and, into our sincerity uh, on that one episode of, like... Where we're just incredibly sincere about how there's a lot of, like, bigotry and horribleness in yeah. this world, and it needs to be fought against. That sounds like a fun episode. We should do that. All right, Paul, well, do you want my final top moment of the podcast? I do want your final top moment. This is a little thing called dad or dad. So this was me bringing in what I thought was a funny little quip, which was uh, it was an episode about fatherhood. And so I had my dad and then I looked up celebrities who had the initials D.A.D. So I could do a dad versus dad segment. And I just happened to come across Damon Anthony Dash. And I was like, okay, I'm familiar with that name. I kind of know that person. So I'll look up their quotes. Oh, they have some interesting, like, really hard take opinions that don't totally distance themselves from what my dad thinks a lot of the times. So I should bring this in. Uh, and I thought it would be a very hard quiz for Paul. And it did not turn out to be that way. <laughs> Adrian made the mistake of bringing in a celebrity I was very familiar for with. For what reason? For liking uh, hip-hop interviews. For being a YouTube hip-hop interview listener, too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd seen him on Sway. I'd seen Dame Dash on Breakfast Club. I, you know, I don't think he's ever been on Hot 97 that I like listen to. Is this one of your favorite moments of the podcast? What do you think made it special? It is, and it's what makes it funny is that the difference between his opinions and your dad's were subtle enough to be difficult. I'm not saying this is my number one moment from the podcast, but let's let's play this clip. Dad or dad. Oh, this is a, like, 17-minute bit. How do you want to do this? Do you want to listen to all of it to comment on it, or do you want to, like... Yeah, and I don't... Uh, you know what, Adrian? Let's do our big facts no cap and let this play out for the audience. Oh, yeah. I guess there's nothing I really need to comment on it. I mean, maybe I should probably, like, defend my dad in some spots where I kind of, like, paint him as, like, a slightly more socially conservative type person. But I don't really feel the need to defend him. He kind of has some bad takes on that, and it's fine. He's my dad. Still love him. All right, big fact. Um, You got your bros, and you got your dogs. And when your bro and your dog are the same person, that's called synergy. And that's what I got with Adrian. So find that and have a wonderful year of podcasting with that person in your life. And what I'll say is 
Uh, the one year anniversary traditionally for podcasts is not flowers. I don't know why Paul sent that to me. It was a very nice gesture, um, but it's actually metal. So I sent him my favorite playlist of metalcore songs that I like with uh, all the best breakdowns. Oh, not rare earth alloys. You know, I love uh, silver. It holds its value. No, I know you like to dance. So I sent you some metal music. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, I'll... <laughs> what, what song, what song from the playlist you sent me is going to make it onto the big facts, no cap playlist on Spotify. Obey by Crystal Lake. All right. Well, we're going to leave y'all with the uh, dad on dad segment to play us out. Enjoy that. It was fun, y'all. It's been a great year. Here's to 100 more. 100 more thousand years. years. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, y'all. Thanks, y'all. Okay, cool. Do you want to get started? I'm I'm interested in whether this is going to be comedically like easy or comedically hard or what you're going for. Quote number one. Jobs are for lazy people who don't want to invest in themselves. Oh, Dame Dash. I've I've heard him say that. Ding ding ding. <laughs> I've, I've heard Dame say that on the Breakfast Club. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the next one. I saw a lot of dark shit in the streets of Guatemala, but I try not to let it get me down. Your dad. Hey, Paul, you're on a roll. <laughs> you're doing great. All right. Okay. Uh, here's another one. Um, how can a man call another man boss? Dame it's like Dash. calling them daddy. Dame Dash heard him say it. All right. There we go. I heard him say. Uh, okay, another one. I forgot my glasses. Okay, okay. The problem with this is Dame doesn't wear glasses, but he does wear sunglasses. But obviously that could very easily be your dad, too. Um, I think I'm just gonna go statistics on this one. We've had more with Dame, so I'll say your dad. Hey yo, Paul, killing it. Uh, yes, my dad is notorious for not bringing his glasses to restaurants, not being able to read the menu, and then asking my mom if she can borrow her glasses. Uh, okay. Um, let's keep going. Life is about perspective, and I have a different perspective from most. I'm not trying to be in hip-hop at the age of 43, looking like an old man. <laughs> Dame. Hey, was... Paul, you're good at this game. You played this before? <laughs> Thank God. All right, all right, here we go. Uh, Advice from either my dad or from Damon Anthony Dash. If you want a soccer ball to go high when you kick it, aim for the bottom. (laughs) Okay, Adrian's papa. (laughs) That is Papa Perez. Very good advice that he once gave to Hunter and to me, but at very different ages. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Only a couple more left in the easy category. Um... It's unacceptable for a restaurant to serve a meal with pasta and mashed potatoes. <laughs> Too much starch. I really, I I wish from the bottom of my heart it was Dame Dash, but sadly I know it is your dad. How do you know it's my dad? <laughs> I know it's your dad. Why would... That is my dad, yeah. I think, why would Dame Dash put that out publicly in an interview? <laughs> <laughs> What's really funny is, so I solicited from my brother and sister to make sure that the accuracy of my paraphrased dad quotes were correct. And uh, that was one where apparently my brother really latched onto where he was like, oh, my God, every time I see someone serve two starches at a restaurant, our dad's like voice rings in my <laughs> head. Um, and it's interesting because I only remember him once saying this, but it just stuck out to me so hard because he was reviewing uh, the new Italian restaurant in uh, Lexington, Luce. And I asked him how it was. And he was like, they served me potato. They served me mashed potatoes and pasta. That's too much starch. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is a good point. That's actually great wisdom. All right. Here's the last of the easy questions. Uh, I'm sick of talking about it. No more Jay-Z questions. <laughs> Dame. Is 
that's actually my dad. <laughs> Why did your dad say that? What's the story? No, th- th- yeah, that was Dame Dash. <laughs> so your dad um, was a very big Jay-Z fan, and one day you were like, Why are you such a big Jay-Z fan? He's like, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> no more questions. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, it's important for people to believe in themselves. Oh my god. Ooh, this one is harder. I'm gonna say... I'm gonna say... Your dad. I'm gonna go risky. So that's actually Dame Dash. <sighs> A lot of the harder quotes or quotations are just uh, really like random fucking sayings like that. Um, it's easy for me to pick up new skills. Your dad. That is my dad. Good job. Your dad seems like a tinkerer. He seems like somebody who like picks up like machinery, learns how it works, breaks it down, and rebuilds it. So that's why I felt like he was a skilled oh, yeah. guy. He's a real alchemist tink tink man. For sure. Okay. Uh, a sex on the beach is always a good drink to order. Oh, 100% know who this is. Your your father. He, uh, he, he loves himself a sex on the beach because we made them in high school. Because your dad liked them. That is my dad. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, he's not a big drinker. He gets drunk very quickly. And his favorite drinks are very fruity tropical drinks. Uh, how about how about how about this one? Um, I am not a complainer. Oh, that's hard. That's hard. Um, obviously that could be either person. Um, from how you described your dad, it could very much be him. But I could see Dame saying it in an interview where he's being defensive, where people are like, "Oh, what? How about when you got pushed out of Rockefeller? How did you feel about that?" And he responds with, "You know what? I'm not a complainer. Like on and forward to like bigger business ventures." Uh, but I'm yeah, I'm gonna say that I'm, I'm gonna go with Dane, but it could be either, yeah. Trick question, that's both of them. You get the point either way. <laughs> I have distinctly heard both of them say it. Uh, let's keep moving, let's keep moving. Um, I look at my life and I have nothing to be mad about. Dane, for sure. Yep, that's our Damey boy. <laughs> because your dad had you as a son, so he has something to be mad about. <laughs> True that, dude, 100%. <laughs> Um, God doesn't make mistakes. Oh, that one is hard. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that one is your dad. That is my dad, dude. You are knocking this out. The yeah, park. I didn't feel like um, Dane was humble enough to bring up God during an interview. So okay, that's sensible. You're using your good like uh, test taking clues here. Um, back when I was young, all of the girls wanted me. Oh my God, this one could be either. <laughs> oh, this could be either. Um, I think Dame. Th- th- it's sort of my second reason why i guess uh why i guess your dad for the uh diabetes one and this also it's just i can't imagine dame talking about his childhood because i've never heard him talk about his childhood and it, but it, being braggadocious does seem like dame but i think i'm gonna go for your dad just it, a childhood story seems more likely to be from your dad but it, this one's tough ding 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 paul you are 100 correct my dad has a very warped view of history <laughs> Always keep your finances separate from your spouse, no matter how much you like her. Dame Dash. That's my dad. <laughs> that is advice straight from my dad. I thought, I thought Dame was so much more likely to be like a bitter divorcee, but your dad, who's been happily married for seemingly most of his life, why would he think about that? I, they, it works because it works for them. They don't combine their finances. That's so funny. Uh, Riding Dirty was a pretty bad moment for hip-hop. People should go back to listening to Blondie for a while. Um, Dane. That's my dad. <laughs> I should have guessed because it was in the hard <laughs> section, but I thought maybe it was a double trick. I didn't know if you were playing mind games. 
Nope, this is a really fun story. When I when I first learned how cassette tapes work and how you can take a cassette tape, put into a radio, and record live radio to get songs on the radio, <laughs> I said radio a lot there. But uh, yeah, I uh, I took one of my dad's old Blondie tapes because I didn't have like a blank tape recorder to use, and so I took his Blondie tape. I recorded "Ride and Dirty" over it, and it was one of those like classic sitcom moments where my dad found out, was really angry, and made me sit down with him to listen to the tape to be like, "Well, let's see what this music is that you thought was better than Blondie." And so we sat and listened to "Ride and Dirty," and my dad was like, "This ain't it, Chief." <laughs> no, "Ride and Dirty" definitely better. That's so wrong of your dad. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the backup. Your dad not liking Chameleonaire makes me respect him less. <laughs> As you should. Uh, okay. Um, you can do something when you're 20 and still be paying for it when you're 40. Your dad. That's Damon Dash, oh, my dude. You really knew which ones were harder than easier. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't believe in bullying of any form, especially if they're trying to bully my children. <laughs> I don't believe in it especially if they're trying to bully my children that seems nonsensical wouldn't it be if i uh, oh i don't believe okay are you correcting my dad's grammar right now paul oh okay so i'm gonna guess that's your dad nope that's damon dash you fucking idiot you you can't lie to me (laughs) 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 bitch hopefully y'all enjoying the album as yet my name is still Dave Dash, and I'm still a CEO. And I want to take this time to kick with my nigga Karen, my nigga Jimmy. You know, we kind of came up around the same way. 110th, 109th, 142nd, 140th. And if I could rap Cam, I'm telling you, I swear to God, I talk my shit. I know. I talk about how I got that money and got the cakes. Yeah, I got you, though. Can't please, man, come on. Cam, I appreciate it, but man, that's not enough. I still got some shit on my mind. I still see the cars. I still see the fact that we were stars. I still see the rooftop. Don't get it twisted now. This ain't no song. Like I said, I just got some shit I wish I could say. I can't rap. Matter of fact, Jimmy, you fresh to death. Tell him something, man, please. Tell niggas how to get this money. You still got visions of what we rip up the tickets out of the cops. Can you get what that shit is hot? Nobody's mad about that. I just had to get some shit off my chest. Matter of fact, if you man, fuck you. Then you don't appreciate a nigga getting money. You don't appreciate a motherfucker that knows how to hustle. You don't appreciate a nigga that's seen a million dollars. And in that case, you ain't never gonna see it. Niggas better get their mind right. Cause I got enough fresh for one thousand days straight. I can pop tags 